eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED lights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Ed Milet Show. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm so grateful for today. I, my only regret is we're not doing it in person. But when you're listening to it, it's going to feel like we're in person. I have just a great man to spend some time with with you all today as well. It's the second time he's been on the show. The first time he was on the show, I think we broke the internet. And to this day, many years later, people still share clips from that episode because he's just such a phenomenal being. And so my guest today is Eric Thomas. You guys know him as E.T., the hip-hop preacher. He's a Ph.D. He's a wonderful father, amazing husband, just an insanely incredible anointed communicator and speaker. And he's one of the best men that I know. And he's been a good friend to me. And when I've needed him, he has stepped forward for me in ways uh, that I could never have imagined and in an abundant fashion. And so today I'm so excited to have him here because he's got a new book out called UOU, Ignite Your Power, Your Purpose, and Your Why. He is immensely qualified to speak on this topic. So Eric Thomas, welcome back to the show, my brother. What's up, my man? <laughs> hey, you said it. I promise you, I tried. I canceled about two or three times. I was like, I gotta be, I gotta be by the ocean. I need yeah. to be by the ocean with my brother. That was, uh, as the song say, it was electric, you know? And uh, <laughs> it was. yeah, like you said, I still see clips and I still nostalgic, man. Like, I feel like I'm there. You know, yeah. I remember going on the ocean. I remember my wife, sitting in the car like yo i'm not going in you know like i don't know you know hey i don't know them and before i know it she in the house your wife didn't talk her into coming in the house and um the only regret i have from that day is that Didi now wants a house on the ocean i know you told me that that day <laughs> yeah yeah that's my only regret she's still like yo what's up i thought you was number one in the world where's the where's the house on the on the beach i was like it's coming Ed got a couple more things to teach me but i promise it's coming <laughs> The next day I was in my driveway and you called me. I said, Hey, we had such a, you said, we had such a blessed day. I said, but I got a problem. <laughs> Didi wants me by the ocean. <laughs> I got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. I remember very clearly. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. Let's, I think most people know this about you. I can't wait to get into the book and you guys already feel it. Like he just moves humans. He just moves humans. He does God's work. But you know, the fact that you are so successful now, the fact that you have had all this, all the blessings in your life, all the people you've reached, all the, and you made a lot of money too. And by the way, he's being humble. He could buy a house on the water right now if he chose to, <laughs> just so you know. But to think about, Eric, just tell him, E.T., the fact that, you know, this is a man who was homeless, you guys, homeless, eating out of dumpsters. Take us back. Who was that guy? Is it the same guy? And uh, what was life like from then? To, and do you ever go back? Is there ever a moment? Don't make me go back. <laughs> don't make me go back. <laughs> not, not literally. Figuratively right, right. go back. Okay, all right. I was like, don't go, don't go. Um, <laughs> you know what, man? Um, I was studying um, Spanish the other day. Uh, Copar, a uh, blame. 
La Otras, others. And bro, I've, I've studied, I've been studying for a minute, but it shook me when I saw the word C-U-L-P-A-R and I realized it meant to blame. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, yo, E, that's you, bro. Like when I think about the homeless dude, it was the, it was that the, he blamed. And you know, I never realized this. And I want to say this to those of you who are listening, because it's not about me or Ed today. We really want to help you. I didn't realize that all the negativity, the homelessness, you know, the eating out of trash cans, the just everything I was going through at the center of it was blaming other people. Mm. It's the craziest thing, bro. I look back and I'm like, yo, all, all of what was not right about me, everything that was not right about my life was I was playing the blame game. And at the center of playing the blame game is negativity, is negative emotions, is negative consequences. And I'm just being real. When you ask the difference between this Eric and that Eric, forget yeah. all of the speaking and all of that. It is literally, he blamed, this dude take full ownership, bro. That's, yeah. That is literally the difference between those two humans. What would you say to somebody who says, okay, yeah, but hey, here's the, you know, you said be real. Here's the real, uh, someone has done me wrong or here's yeah. the real, I am yeah. a part of a community that doesn't have the exact same opportunities as other people yeah. in, in the yeah. country, whatever it may yeah. be, you know exactly where I'm going, yeah. you know exactly yeah. what I'm asking you. Yeah. Some of these obstacles people face are real. Yeah. And I get asked, well, you're more qualified to answer it than I am. So what do you say to somebody who says, hey, look, okay, that sounds good, but I have some real obstacles. Bro, let me say this to you, bro. And I I always believe this, but when my grandma died a couple, I lost two grandmothers, mm. one in March, the other one in April, both one was like 90, you know, 91. My other grandma was about to turn 93. Okay. And when I tell you, I have never felt death the way I felt it when my grandmother passed and my grandmother was like almost 93 and it hit me. Yo, 93. I was, I was with her 51 of the 93. I promise it went by quick. I yeah. promise it hit yeah. me that like, yo, this life is a temporary experience. Like, yo, you don't, you don't get a thousand. You feel me? Like, and whatever you get 90 is quick. I would say to them, okay. life is too short not to live. Y'all better hear what I'm trying to tell you. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't care what the obstacle is. Life is too short to let that obstacle rob you of 10 years. Life mm. is too, too close, too short that whatever your reason is, it's too short to let that. I'm, now, look, I've been in abandoned buildings and I've flown first class. Let me tell you something. You're going to want to fly first class. <laughs> look, I've stayed in the La Quinta Inn and I've been in the, I've been in the Four Seasons. I've been in the Ritz. You want to do the Ritz in the Four Seasons before you do homeless. I'm, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Life is too short to let anything control you or let anything stop you from living the life you want to live. And I would, I would suggest that I've never watched a football game that I enjoyed. I've never watched a basketball game that I truly enjoyed without defense. I've never watched a football game where Barry Sanders didn't have to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He didn't have to make moves. Like, you wouldn't enjoy one team being on the field by themselves and it's absolutely no defense. 
We actually love sports because of competition. We love it because of the obstacles, because I'm a Lion fan. They used to stack up nine people against Barry Sanders. And what I loved the most was, yo, how you just pick up 50 yards when they, <laughs> when they legitimately put up nine players to stop him? How was he still able to get through those guys? So what I'm telling y'all is what an excitement to have to get through homelessness. What an excitement not to be able to read or write and end up with a PhD. What an excitement to not have my dad in my life, but still be able to become the number one. I'm telling y'all, you gotta stop looking at obstacles as something that's meant to stop you. And you gotta start looking at it like, whoa, this is exciting. This gonna be fun. I'm gonna get through this. And listen to me, I love Didi too much to let anything stop her from living the life she want to live. I love Jalen too much, Jada too much, to come to my children and say, uh, look, y'all, I wanted to have a good life for y'all. I wanted y'all to be blessed. Uh, but there's something in this earth called trials and tribulations and mean people and, and roadblocks and set. I'm not giving my wife no excuses. I'm not going to even have a conversation with them about what's going on. I'm just going to go handle it and come back to the crib with the blessings. They don't even, they don't even got to know, Ed, what I'm going through to get them. But I love Didi too much, Jalen too much. Uh, jaded too much my mom god i love god too much no weapon formed against me shall prosper I, I i can do all things through christ that strengthen me like i just believe in god too much to give negative stuff more credit than it deserves aware absolutely notice that it's here absolutely be real about what's ahead of me absolutely but it has stopped me absolutely not golly that's a lot. I've never now, by the way, it looks like we didn't have to be in person because it's electric again, but <laughs> I got to tell you, I've never heard of it that way. Like a defense I was watching. I don't yeah. even know what it's called, but on the flight out here, yeah. I was watching a movie about this dude and he, he's a regular everyday dude. He, he, uh, he was a forklift driver. This is yeah. years ago, forklift driver in uh, England. And the dude decides one day, his wife's like, Hey, you live for your family. You're 45 or 50 years old right now. What's your dream? And he's watching TV and it's the British Open golf term. He says, I want to be a professional golf. I want to play in the wow. British Open. Wow. And he does. He shoots the worst. Wow. He takes his way in, shoots like 125 in the British Open. It's um, it's wow. a true story. It's, like, it's yeah. a real story. <laughs> right, right, and this right. dude, what he had to overcome to get in this. And he didn't end up being the winner of the British Open. Right. But it was the obstacles from he didn't even know his yeah. first round of golf ET yeah. he ever played was in the British Open. Wow. <laughs> he had never played another golf. Wow. Couldn't get on a golf course to practice because he was a forklift driver. Anyway, I'm on this plane. I was flying private. I'm flying. I'm crying. I'm actually crying watching this yeah. movie. I'm yeah. trying to not yeah. cry because it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was because the defense that he had yeah, to overcome defense. that inspired me. Yeah. Not necessarily how yeah. great he was. Now, having said all that, your book teaches people how to do this. It's not just, yeah, yeah. chapter three hit me because this happened for me too. You talk about your superpower. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the ways out of eating out of a, a, a trash can, one of the ways out of not reading, or, one of the ways out of not having a dad, one of the ways out of all of this stuff for everybody is you do have to uncover what you have a proclivity for or yeah. might be good at doing, right? Like yeah. you found your greatness. So yeah. address that a little bit. Someone listen to go, hey, okay, I'm I'm not going to let, I'm not a victim. I'm going to be a victor, direct quote out of Eric's book. But what do I do next? I think you're going to say, you better find part of your superpower too. You listen to me and here's the deal, bro. It's already with you. You know, it's, it's, it's like the dude that won, the young lady that won the lottery 
and your ticket just at the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you got the ticket at the crib on TV. You got the number. Like, you were born with the ticket. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Now, I'm not suggesting that, you know, you should be born in terrible circumstances. Neither good. Some of y'all think, like, yo, Ed, I promise you, I love, like, having certain friends that come on, you know, the stage with me and talk because there are some people who think just because of the color of your skin that you were like automatically born with bread. Like you just had money off the cuff. Your parents ain't never been alcoholics. Your mom, you know what I'm saying? Just like you just had everything going your way. Here's what I have to explain to people. When you're, when you, when you grow up in a very un whatever circumstance, Yo, bro, that's a that's a heavy hand to deal. You got dealt. You got to play it. If you were born rich, that's a heavy hand. You got to play that hand. <laughs> I had a hand to play. My kids got a hand to play. My son was like, do you know what it's like being the son of E.T., the hip hop preacher? Dad, do you know what it's like going to Michigan State and you went to Michigan State? My daughter, dad, do you know what it's like? People think I get up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm only 19 years old. So, So what people don't understand is, I'm not making excuses, but I'm telling you, whatever hand you have, you still got to play it. It don't play itself. No hand plays itself. You got to play your hand. But here's the cool thing about the creator. He knew that we would all be in different circumstances. And so what he did was he said, I'm going to give you a gift and your gift will make room for you. Now, y'all have to understand something. When you see me now, you go, oh, hey, he's speaking here. He on this podcast. He, oh, I can't believe it. It is the exact same gift I had when I was 16 years old. It is the exact same gift I had at eight. I've had to develop the gift, but I, God didn't give me the gift when I got baptized. I didn't get the gift when I came to my senses. I had to, I had the gift from the time I was born. I didn't activate the gift from the time I was born. I didn't use the gift. So homelessness put me in a situation where it's like, yo, bro, you gonna have to figure it out. And I'll never forget. They let me speak at church and I spoke and I, it felt magical if I never felt like it must be how LeBron felt when he first got a basketball in his hand must be how Steph Curry feel when he come out on the court in the light. It must, it must be how Jalen Ramsey feel when, you know, when the light, the night lights in LA and he does, he checking somebody one-on-one it must, this is, this is how Tom Brady must feel this way. I felt the same way at 16. And I told myself, ET, whatever you do, don't stop doing that. You find every opportunity to speak. You find every opportunity to talk to people. You find every opportunity to smile. You find every opportunity to be electric because something happens. People treat you different when you speak. <laughs> people treat you different when you smile. Like, E, when you come in the room with that energy, boy, people respond to you different. So whatever you do, make sure you don't ever stop doing that. And whatever you do, don't stop growing it. You keep getting better and better. And I'm telling y'all, I spoke for Florida Gators uh, Napier just recently. And the greatest thing happened. I spoke to the Gators. I've been there before. This is the first time he's been there. I walked out of the room. He pulled me to the side. He said, ET, I was at, I was with Alabama. I was with Saban. I worked for Alabama when you came. ET, you getting better. I said, oh. I said, what? I said, he said, E, you getting better, bro. I said, uh, you mean to tell me after I've hit these high? So I'm telling y'all at 16, homeless, Eating out of trash cans, thinking, wasn't taking baths, brushing my teeth. I was at the lowest point I've ever been in my life. But when I spoke, 
something magical happened. And I knew at that point, you've done it before, but somebody didn't approve of it. You've used your gift before. And somebody said, oh, that's whack. Like, why are you doing that? And you let them talk you out of your gift. Now, that happened to me before. I let the, I let the hood talk me out the violin. I said to myself, I'll never let that happen again. I would have been the motivational speaking violinist right to this day right here. And I would have been. But I let my boys tell me yeah, the violin. But when I started speaking, I never let nobody tell me you shouldn't be doing that. And I kept doing it. I kept. So for all of you, you will find your happiness, your peace. You'll find your ed. My Listen to me, y'all. You got to hear what I'm trying to tell y'all. My gift has also attracted me to individuals that I didn't necessarily grow up with or they weren't like around the corner from me. We didn't go to school together. But when I put that gift out, Ed, I got to tell you this. I think I may have told you. I don't know. But when, when, when I had an opportunity to do your podcast, I wasn't doing podcasts. Yes, like I, 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 it's what you said earlier. Like, you know, the industry, I was like, yo, I'm not about to be on these podcasts. I don't know who these people are. I don't know their motives. I don't want to put my career in their hand and they destroy me. I promise you, I was in California looking for the crib and uh, I was in Orange County. I was going back and forth. So I was going to uh, San Diego trying to find a house and Nikki called me. Nikki is uh, one of our top videographers. She's the visionary for all my social media stuff. And Nikki said to me, but what CJ say, but what you say, you need to be on Ed's podcast. You need to get on a podcast. Like I'm, I'm telling you because I know who you are and I know why you're not doing it. And I know who Ed is. You need to be on the podcast. And I was like, all right, Nikki, if you say so, you know, cool. I got you. And I, I, I will never forget. After the podcast was over and we talked, you like, hey, bro, I'm not even here like that. Come take the spot. I got another spot that's bigger, bigger than this spot. You okay. Now, he didn't say that, but when he showed me the spot, I was like, Lord have mercy. That, that one bigger than that one. He like, hey, yeah. come on to the, come on, come stay with us. We got multiple rooms. And for me, it was like, yo, my gift has actually bought me mutual relationships. That had never happened to me before. I've been pouring and giving. I've been with people who are parasiticism. I'm talking about just take, take, take. There's some commensalism. It's been people with me. They didn't harm me, but they didn't bless me. And I was like, yo, I, I drove away that day going, whoa, I just met somebody who can match my energy. I just <laughs> met somebody whose vision is bigger probably than mine. I just met somebody that I'm going, iron sharpens iron. That yeah. And I was just like, how? I was like, the gift. And I was like, do me a favor, E, keep using it. Whatever you do, keep using it because this gift is going to attract. I'm not saying it's a bunch of us out there, but there's more mutants like us out there. And I knew yeah. my gift was going. So just use your gift, y'all. Use it. Don't worry about if it's working or not. If you know it's yours and you know it fits you and you feel good in it and it makes you feel natural and alive, use that thing. And I'm telling you, give it time and it's going to bless you. Such a great message, my gosh. Like, by the way, first things first is I was such a, so God, thank God that that happened that day. Yeah, That makes yeah. me emotional right now. Like, just like, if y'all want to wonder, like, you know, my book did real well. Let me tell you, a lot of people stepped up for me. E.T. did, I'm making it emotional, sorry. Just yeah, okay. really step forward for me, brother. And I love you. And, and also that thing about the gift, there's ripple effects when you have a gift that you don't imagine. It's relationships. Yeah, it's some yeah, meeting that happens. It's yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. and the other thing on your gift, everybody, I think you'll know what's your gift two ways. Just want to add to what ET said. One, I think you know what's your gift that when you're doing it, it feels right. 
or the result from it brings you an emotion. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's just the way you nurture and care for people. And now you're going to donate time at a foundation somewhere. And the feeling you get when you see how it impacts another person tells you that it's your gift. So it might be when you do it, you feel it or the result of it, you feel it. But from that, there's these ripple effects. So good. It, by the way, I read every word of the book. So like one, I respect you so much. I was going to read every word of it because I want to be prepared. But there's this other thing about you talk about fuel because here we both are. We're not 23 anymore. Right. <laughs> Yet we're both, we're both on fire at points of our lives where some people yeah. are thinking about other stuff. You and I are like, nah, yeah. you write, you just wrote a book. I wrote a book. We got stuff going. Yeah. This man's on Instagram live. I turn on Instagram live one morning. I don't know what time it was three 15 or something. You're on Instagram live, right? Like crazy where you, the pace you're yeah. going at. You talk in the book about the different types of fuel. Just want to touch on this extrinsic and intrinsic mm. fuel. What, what is, what is all that about? You know, man, you know, I tell people all the time, uh, and I don't want to give my secrets away. You know what I'm saying? Football team be like, yo, we paid you to say that. Why are you giving that out? But I will say this to you. You know, I've told guys like, yo, bro, if you, I'm not trying to disrespect you, but if you make a car and a house and jewelry, your, like your goal, bro, do you understand who you are? Like you a human being. It's actually humans that created cars and houses and clothes and stuff. Like you way deeper than that. What you don't understand is that you're going to actually accomplish that. Like, you know, you don't get it, but like clothes and houses and stuff, you're going to get that. So here's the question. When you get it, what's next? Like, if that's your goal, you can get a, bro, I'm not trying to be funny. You can get a, 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 a Rolls Royce truck, 400 grand. They sell those. You can like literally go buy one. They don't check your age. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You have to be 33 years old for that. You come in with the money or the credit. You can get one of them jokers. You can get that. Yeah. Listen to me very closely. I'm telling you, don't worship that because you can get that. And if that's your goal, let me just say this. I just talked to the LA Rams, right? Let me just say this. Here, here was my big thing, Ed. My biggest thing to them was, yo, flat out, your whole life, you dream about uh, playing in the NFL and winning the Super Bowl. You did that. You're 28 years old. What? Bruh, come on. Like, you're 28. If you die at 90, you feel me? If you die yeah. at 90, you got 72 years left. You, you can't live off of the Super Bowl. So, so I'm saying to you, you have to not have outside goals because those are easy to accomplish. Try something like, I'll never forget, I used to do corporate. I thought they was going to run me off the stage. I used to tell guys, I know you make seven figures, but are you a seven-figure husband? Are you a seven-figure dad? I, I challenge you. It's easier to make seven figures than have your wife say you're a seven-figure husband. It's easier to make seven figures than have your kids go, I love my dad. He's a great, the, the dude you know at, on the street, like that, that, my dad is great at home. Most of us, because all our goals is stuff, your wife would probably say, you Clark Kent at home, you Superman at the job. That, that's not, I don't want my kids to say I'm Clark Kent. I don't want my kids to say my dad, when he at Michigan state, he, uh, he's Superman. When he in the world, he's Superman. But when he at home, he Clark Kent. No, I want to be Superman at home. I want to be Superman at the job. I want to be Superman in the streets. Matter of fact, I want to be Superman when I look myself in the mirror and I'm hoping that one day the creator is going to look at me and say, well done, that good and favorite servant. So for me, my goals, the Nobel Prize, my goals are going to take a minute. They're going to take so long that they may take a lifetime to actually accomplish. So people say all the time, like, okay, E, why do you do that? Bruh, 
I'm not comparing myself to nobody else. God knows what I'm capable of doing. And if I'm 52 years old and God is doing all of this, you think he finished? You think he want me to go? I got a PhD. I'm relaxing now. God said, listen to me very closely. You might want to, you might be one of the best in English. Let's see if you can become one of the best in another language. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like English is not the only language that I have for you. So for me, bro, it's like when you set all of these external goals, you can get those. And then what happens after that? But when you start doing the internal, my character, I want to be considered a man amongst men. I want to be a man of integrity. I told one of my guys the other day, I said, you know what? Here's the reality. Most people don't respect most of us because we have different standards for different people. When you start holding your son accountable and like, I got a church, my church watching if I let my son get away with murder. My, my church is watching if I let my daughter get away. My kids went to school. I preach school, they in school. My, my wife, like we hold each other accountable. So man, when you have internal goals, yeah. I told somebody this, I said, you want to be an influencer? You do what everybody else is doing. You get a house, a car, a boat. You want to be an icon? You have character. It's <laughs> oh, wow. the difference between the two, bro. <laughs> you want to be an icon? You don't follow trends. You set them. It's a total difference, bro. Uh, uh, influence and an icon. They two. Mother Teresa was an icon. I okay. still see her. I, I was just at the grocery store. I just saw something with the, t the best people, top 50 people in the world. Mother Teresa was on the magazine. I said, how'd she get on the magazine? <laughs> she dead. How's she still on the magazine? She's dead. But mm. when she was alive, her character was so strong that we still trying to catch up to people like her. So I would just oh. say, be careful with the X transit. It, they, it fizzes out after a while, you accomplish it, and then you're empty. You do them intrinsic boys, they don't rust. They don't, character don't get old. Friendship don't get old. Integrity don't get old. Having my guys back, let me tell y'all something. When I did, when I spoke, for the power, like the power one more, when I spoke, I wasn't up there trying to get no gigs. I wasn't up there to be seen. I wasn't up there talking about Eric Thomas. I knew why Ed had me there. I knew exactly why he wanted me there. And I did exactly, you can't pay for that. You can't pay for this kind of relationship. And for a lot of you, I'm telling you that stuff you buy is going to depreciate in value. But the stuff we doing, the character boy, it only gets stronger in time. Why? Because it's so rare. Because very few people honor it. Very few people understand it. Very few people want to do it. But when you get this, man, you, you don't have to worry about money and opportunity. Bro, if I call Ed, it was like, Ed, bro, I can't find no speaking gig, bro. Can you get yeah. your boy one or two speaking gig? I promise you, I, I promise you, I'll be on the plane in a couple of days somewhere speaking. I, I need y'all to understand that. I could promise you that if anything, that would be reversed because you are never going to have to worry about speaking. I may sometime need to call you and say, can you grab me one? And by the way, make sure you all grab you. OU. go yeah. get this book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's share one thing with you. You said something about faith just to share it with you and everyone gets to listen in. I just got asked a question about like where my confidence comes from. Do you ever lose confidence? I said, yeah, I lose confidence. And yeah. I said, this may sound crazy to say, but I just want to give this gift to the audience too, because yeah. you speak enough about God that I want to, yeah. you know, I, I do a lot too. Everybody knows yeah. that. Yeah. But when I pray, sometimes when I pray, I allow the Lord to talk to me. Hmm. And oftentimes what I'll have him do, you guys, just so you know, is I'll have him tell me how amazing he thinks I am hmm. and how he made me in his image and likeness and what he wants me to achieve and what he sees as my gifts, because that's intrinsic approval. The extrinsic, right? That, that stuff or other people, what they think about me, it never has filled me up like I had hoped it would. But when I can 
have my Lord talk to me about I'm his son, how much he loves me and the gifts he's given. And I just give you all that gift that are listening to this today. When you pray, sometimes give yourself the gift of turn it over and let him talk to you. Let him pour some love on you and some belief and your gift on you and what he sees you doing and how wonderful and amazing you are. Because as much as you love your own kids, he loves you even more. And sometimes we don't allow ourselves to ever feel it or experience it. But at any moment you can have that. Just turn it on. So I do that a lot when I pray at night. I do it a lot. So I just want to share that with everybody. Big. Now, now, bigger than, big, not bigger than that, but included in that about being this, you know, multi-million dollar husband. I'm curious about, you talk about in the book, I love this. Put yourself in miracle territory. And so I don't, most of my audience probably doesn't know this, but one of the things that affected me when I met you is how much you love Didi. And, and also in addition to that, how you consciously honor her and the way you speak about her. It, it affected me when I met you. It's part of your character. And most people in my audience don't know this, but she was diagnosed. I'll let you explain this, but like there's a significant life event that's happened for you. Right. And I think it's tied to this miracle territory. Cause I think a lot of people say, well, I've got this one adversity right now. That's really big. So that's why I can't right now. Right. And it's probably going to define me the rest of my life. So that's my story. You say, no, 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 not so much. Yeah. Now, first and foremost, man, when you talk about God and his love, like, hey, there's nothing like it. But if you can find at least one other person on the earth that loves you unconditionally, bro, you have found. Let me tell you all something. You think a house is something you think a car is something you think a career is something like it is. But when you find somebody on the earth that loves you like your mama love you and it ain't your mama, like, yo, bro, I was, look, y'all, I was homeless. I was coming to church stanking and Didi was like, yo, I'm going to give you a shot. It's the, um, I, I look back and it's unbelievable. When I tell you I was in a dark place, bro, I left home at 16, mad at my mom, having a strained relationship with my mom. I, I was emotionally a wreck. I was homeless. I was putting myself in some crazy... And she took a shot, knowing how messed up I was. And here's the craziest part. Knowing it and going through it and believing that, yo, this ain't the best that he is. And I'm going to be here to help this boy get to his ultimate goal. So when I'm like, when I get up and speak and do my thing, I'm like, yo, Didi actually, bruh, it's not, it's not a lot of people who married who can say, like, hey, this person, they ride or die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they with me regard. And so for me, it's like, I have to show her how appreciative I am of, and also and let her know, you don't have to be afraid that I stayed with you because I had nothing. Now that I have a lot, you're afraid that I'm going to leave you. I want you to understand, you do not have to fear. I ain't going nowhere. I'm not letting nobody else reap the benefits of what you work for. I know what you work for. I, I know what you did. I'm, I'm super aware of it. And so when Didi was diagnosed with MS, I actually, and I know people whose spouses have been diagnosed, especially males, whose spouses have been diagnosed with an illness and they walked out of the relationship. Now, listen to me very closely. I totally understand. Like, don't get it twisted. Don't think, oh, he think he better than, he don't understand. He just on top of the world. No, 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 no. When my wife was diagnosed with MS in the earlier stages, there were some life changes. Mm. <laughs> like I stopped being on the road. I, yeah. You know, my team started doing, CJ started doing like, we're doing solar. 
uh, we do it. Like we literally started business when Didi got sick. Cause CJ was like, yo, he ain't gonna be on the road no more. I gotta make sure ET get paid. We started businesses because of Didi's sickness. I promise y'all a lot changed. Right. A lot change. I even had friends keep it on the low. <laughs> I had friends tell, ask me, Hey, how's the intimacy? Y'all straight. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. I had friends asking me like, yo, bro, this is a life altering. She might not be able to walk. She might not be able to see like, yo, eat. And I'm telling y'all, I did not look at it like a victim. That's what a lot of you are doing. It's not that you're not telling the truth about your circumstance. Diddy got MS. Oh, it's no, it's no optimism around it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't optimistic outside. It's real. She got MS. She got lesions on her brain. It's real. Like, if you go do an MRI, you can see them. But mm -hmm. I didn't look at it as a victim. I looked at it as a victor. And the mm -hmm. first thing I did was go, ooh, your mama thought I was a thug. Your father didn't think I was worthy to be with you. Ooh, ooh, in church, the pastor said, in sickness and in health. Ooh, here's my opportunity to prove to your mama and your daddy and your aunties and your uncles and your cousins and the world, here's my chance to prove to you. Now, you took care of me. I wasn't physically damaged, but I was, mo I was mentally and emotionally damaged at 19 years old when you married me. I was mentally and emotionally unstable. I was working Ed on myself, but I wasn't, I wanted to be at a certain place, but my reality was my past was ever present. Listen to me very closely. When Didi got sick, I said, ooh, here go your chance to do for her what she did for you. Ooh. And so I looked at it as an opportunity to you drew first blood, Didi, but I'll be back. I'll be back. And I'm about to, I'm about to love on you and his sickness. I'm about to spoil you. My son gonna see me spoil you. My daughter gonna see me spoil you. Your mama gonna see you spoil me. God and the angels gonna see me spoil you. And I'm going to show that, yep, I could do it in health, but watch what I'm about to take it to a whole nother level in sickness. I'm about to take it to a whole nother level. And so by the grace of God, I saw. Oh, we got two more dates a year. She got two MRIs. So we're going to go to the MRI together. I'm not going to miss no doctor's appointment. And we're going to go get ice cream afterwards. Or we're going to go walk and worship afterwards. We're going to get something to eat. Oh, you got two eye exams because of MS. Oh, we got four dates now. Oh, oh, okay. You got to go see the actual neurologist. Oh, that's another. Oh, we got six. Oh, colostomy. Oh, you got, oh, bet. I got you. So we got like eight built-in dates now. And I looked at MS as the blessing that my wife was going to stop working. She was going to be able to be at home. She's going to be able to love on her kids. She's going to be able to help the church more. Wow. And that, that MS, you talk about talking to God. And I talked to God the next day and was like, okay, God, I know you allowed this to happen. What's going on? He says, son, I just answered every prayer you ever prayed but I had to touch her with MS in order to make the, the prayer reality. There was no way in her health that she was ever going to get on the road with you. There was no way she was going to uh, not be at work until the day she died. She wasn't going to retire until she fell out. I actually, your dream son have come true. Now take this blessing and, and how do I say it? And, and nurture this blessing, take this blessing and, and steward this blessing. And so MS was a blessing for our family. It wasn't a curse. And you know, you've seen her, Ed. You wouldn't even know she had MS if you don't know her. No, I was surprised when you told me. 
you know, afterwards, I was very, very surprised that when that came out. And by the way, I remember that time where you're like, hey, I'm not going to travel as much. It's not going to happen. I, uh, you know, (laughs) guys, E.T. is known as saying very inspirational things. What I hope you're all getting at today is he's an inspirational human who also says inspirational things. And in the book, I want to talk about the book a little bit more because I want people to get the book. You know, there's a lot of details in here. You're talking about a Ph.D. guys. So you know about someone who's very detailed, meticulously written. And chapter 10 says, this is really, even me at my age, at my stage of life, this hit me. Chapter 10 says, you owe you. Nobody owes you anything, but you owe you everything. You said, ask yourself, what do you want out of your life? What do you want in your marriage? What do you want in your career? What do you want from your friendships? What do you want your life to look like? You are the only person responsible, which is a big word, for answering these questions and the only person responsible for getting what you want. And it says at the heart of everything, you are your superpower. You are your gifts. So he goes into this. I'm going to have you talk about this, E.T., a little bit. Here's what's ironic to me. People that listen to podcasts, that come to your speeches, that come to my speeches, 99% actually never do this, what you just described. It's like they're filled up with techniques and tactics and strategies and they're motivated or inspired, yet they're not clear on what it is they want. And you even say, make a list of what you believe in, make a list. So talk a little bit about this, like actually getting serious about your life requires some work other than just being moved emotionally. What is some of that work? Listen to me. I, I think the first thing, and I, maybe Stephen Covey, I don't know. I think that who said it. Come, come out the window and get in the mirror. And I think yeah. too many of us are in the window, meaning you're looking at everybody else and what everybody else is doing. And you don't know what you want because you know so well what they want. You, you, you feel me? Like I, there's yes. certain things I don't want. I want a relationship with Ed. I want that. Yeah. I don't necessarily want some of the, like, I don't wear watches. I'm not against watches. I don't think it's anything wrong with a watch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's just not my thing. I don't, as right. a matter of fact, if you ever watch me, I don't even like to wear a belt. Like I got this phobia, anything that's on my body. I wish I could like have a, uh, the emperor, the naked emperor. Like I wish I had his suit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I hate putting on clothes. You feel me? I hate it. But I know that there are people who, are constantly watching what other people are doing. And now you're wanting what they want when you don't even want that. And the way I started this whole UOU video uh, in New Zealand was, I don't, I I was with a group of people. And I promise you, they ticked me off. You know, they were like trying to, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I started the whole speech after having a conversation with them saying, I don't want what you want. Mm. And you're not going to make me want what I don't want. I don't want that. I want, I love relationships. I can go to Ed Crib and chill. We can just drink water, doggone it. I don't care. We can just walk on the beach. As long as there's a relationship and and, and it's making me better and it's nurturing me and it's, that is feeding that human need for a sense of belonging and safety and self-actualization, I'm not really on nothing else. And so, you know, for my birthday, what you want to do, E? I just want to be in the room by myself because I'm always with people or helping people. I just want to chill. And so I know what I want. And because I know what I want, I'm not going to do what you want me to do and fail. Got to hear what I'm saying, please. When you don't look in the mirror, you are not empowered. When you look in the mirror, 
You see you and what you want and what you need to do and what you need to be. When you look in the mirror, you reflect. When you reflect, you transform. When you transform, you change. When you change, you do things differently. When you do things differently, you get different outcomes. When you're looking in the window and you're staring at other people, there is no reflection. It's only comparing. And as long as you compare yourself to another model, I drive an Escalade. I'm from Detroit. I drive an Escalade, a Cadillac, right? When I see a, a dude in a, a Bentley, I'm looking at that Bentley like fire. But at no point am I going, I want to trade my Cadillac in for the Bentley. I've seen some fire land. I moved to Cali. Everybody got a Range Rover. I've, I've seen some fire Range Rover. I've seen some Lamborghini. I looked at these vehicles and go, my, what craftsmanship. I've never gone I feel this Escalade. I feel so bad. I'm in an Escalade. This is the car that was my dream car. The black on black. This is what I dreamed of. This is it. This is my dream vehicle. And so I don't look at what others have and compare. I actually look at what others have. I actually look at Ed and go, man, there's a God. Wow. Look how he operates in his gift and his anointing. Look at his energy and his passion. Look at his delivery. And then I go, hey, God. Where's mine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you give me? And and out not give me ads. I don't want ads. Why? I can't do ads like Eric can do ads. But I can do Eric's like Eric can do Eric. So I'm saying, get out of the window. Get in the mirror. Look at you. Study you. Figure out you. I, my boy Mustafa said something the other day that was deep. Moose said, "When you don't know what to work on, work on yourself." <laughs> wow. When you wow. don't know what to work on, work on yourself. And I want to add to that. When you do know what you want, work on yourself because it is the working of yourself and the improving and getting better. Ed been on this earth. He'd been on this earth. I've been on this earth. I wasn't ready to meet Ed when I was the dude eating out of trash cans a victim. I would not have taken advantage of that relationship. I It wasn't until I got older that the creator said, oh, you ready? You ready for these type of, you ready for these type of relationships now? You ready? Why? Because you are who you need to be. I heard the coach McVay, I think is his name. He going to kill me if that's not his name. The coach for uh, the, the Rams. He'll kill me if that ain't his name, right? He, he said, um, and, yeah, and forgive me, uh, uh, forgive me, but he said, Yo, we brought Eric here because he shares our values. Mm. You, like he shares our values and the stuff that we talk about and what we're about. He talks about that stuff. And so I didn't get to go because I'm a great speaker. It's a lot of great speakers. Matter of fact, he said, yo, we don't bring a lot of people in here, but we mm. felt Eric could move the needle and we want to win another Super Bowl. And so mm. for me, it's like, yo, Ed, I, I wasn't ready for you 20, 30 years ago. And I'm so glad God didn't give me the opportunity. But when he gave it to me, because I worked on myself. I worked on becoming a better man for me, not for Didi, not for Jalen, not for Jay, not for my mother. For me, I became a better man because when I looked in the word, I realized I wasn't living up to my potential. And then by doing the work, I connect with another man who's doing the work. Neither one of us, now Ed might be a little bit perfect than I am, but uh, uh, let me tell you something. Not perfect, but progressing, trying, fixing, revamping, restructuring, repurposing. And when you do those things, y'all, I, I guarantee you, the way the brain works and the spirit works, when you start focusing on stuff and you're willing to make the adjustments, it's gonna, it's gonna come to you eventually, I promise you that. Uh, everybody, you need to go back about five minutes and, and take this clip and play it for anybody that you love and you care about. It's some of the most 
No one's ever said that on the show ever. And it's one of the most important things. First off, God brought you to me when I was ready for you as well. And, and he brought the version of you to me that would inspire me the most in the areas that I needed to be inspired in also, by the way. And so it's, it was God's timing, but everybody, I just want to say one thing to you, what he just said about putting this energy into other people or like comparing or copying, or that's what ruined my athletic career. You don't know, at ET, I, I played college baseball. I was a pretty good player. I spent so much time obsessing on how other guys stood. How come other guys were more confident than me? What, how come they get the good pitches to hit? How come I'm always the one that line drive right at somebody, right? How come their little dribbler goes through the middle for a hit? And I spent, I depleted so much energy into other people, what they were doing, emulating what they had, what they got, that I lost myself. And I was unaware of my own game, my own gifts, my own strategy, my own life. And I lost myself in it. And I think what you just described is the key. If you're stuck, it's the key. If you're stuck right now is to stop depleting your energy outside and start to focus on you. What do I stand for? What do I want? He talks about making all these different lists. What's my character about? What do I really want to feel? It's such good stuff in the book. Speaking of feelings, I want to, I'm curious and it's McVeigh. You're right about that. So, okay, so you, you've done all these things. I think a lot of people, so I'm just curious, you, you seem not to, but I'm curious, maybe you cover it up well. Do you struggle with what they call imposter syndrome ever? In other words, have you been in an environment where you're like, whoa, I can't believe that I'm here. Are they going to listen to me? Are they going to take me? I, I have had this before. You, no matter where I've been with you, different places we've been, you just own it. It seems to me like you just own it. Hey, I got you. We did a talk one time. You don't remember this. Not that long after I met you, I brought you in to do a speaking yes. engagement. Yes. And you're backstage. You go, what do you need? See, I, go, I told y'all he it. was bringing me to speaking engagements. I told y'all. Yeah. No, 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 no. You got, I, I was lucky to have you there, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I need you this. You're like, I got it. And you went out and just, bam, did a completely different talk on the fly. So do you, I think a lot of people have that, man. I have imposter syndrome. Either they've gone further than they thought they were going to get. And now they're antsy or like, I don't know if I can go any further. Or just to get started, they're like, why would anyone take me seriously? You know why? I haven't done anything before. Yeah. Have you ever have that? And what would you say to somebody who does have it? Yeah, I, I have. And I, I just want to be transparent with all you guys. When I first got into corporate, and this is before, you know, I'm from Detroit, you know, probably one of the most segregated cities in the United States of America. I went to a HBCU, Oakwood University, before I came to Michigan State. So for my entire life, 99.9% .9 of my friends, you know, and, and my associates were African-American. And I remember when I first started doing corporate work, bruh, I'm so grateful for learning and for like folks like you, where you know you get to meet people and you, it's not just perception, but before it was like perception. So I'm on the stage, right? I'm not getting that amen that I'm accustomed to getting. You feel what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, what's yes. going on here? It's like, yeah. hey, E, you're not in the black church. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Like, everybody don't respond like that. But but for me, and it was like, yo, does that mean y'all don't like me? Y'all don't like mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's I'm not valuable. And folks would just stare at me. You mean they just look at me? And I was just like, hold up, God, why would you put me in a room? And you're talking about baby boomers. Like this was before millennials blew up. You're talking about yeah. baby boomers, older white males, 
you know who I, I they looking at me i'm like okay god is it the should i change my you know what i'm saying because it's good right. money i ain't never made this kind yep. of money before should i you know and so that was imposter syndrome you know and, and i'll never forget afterwards you know my friends start coming to me you know people i'd establish a relationship with from the speaking they would come to me and be like yo e man i never told you but Man, that part where you talked about being a seven-figure earner but not a seven-figure dad, bro, that really stuck with me, bro. And I went home, and I just got to let you know my daughter loves me more than she's ever loved me before. Like, I never even thought about it, working all those hours. And it hit me in like, yo, E, that was, like, this is important. And the work you're doing is important work because they already got people talking about how to make money. Now you're talking about how to save your marriage, how to save your, your family. Like you talk about some very meaningful stuff. So for me, there was a time when I was up there, like maybe I don't belong. Maybe I don't look the part. Maybe I'm not, God, did you make a mistake? Should I be at a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Should I be at a, a historically black college right now only? Right. And he was like, no, I didn't give you the gift and all of that right. integrity and all of that. I didn't give you all that to just use to people of color. Everybody, my child, I didn't give it to you just for, I gave it to you. So yes, earlier on in my career, I literally struggled with, do I belong here? Am I supposed to be in this space? Am I as gifted and talented as the dude that came before me afterwards? Cause it looked like they responded to him a little different than the way they responded to me. And it, it hit me one day who respond, you know, when the Bible said, when the spirit of the Lord, who, re who responds with class, it, it was like, Whoa, like, yo, they go, you know what I'm saying? Moses yeah. came down and they were like, yo, hold up. Moses was in the press. So God was like, yo, you bringing the heat, son. You, you correcting, you, you're, you're chastising. You're, you're, you, you correcting, bro. You bring in like you're challenging people in a way that a lot of these dudes with money have never been challenged before. They got a lot of yes men around them. Nobody has ever said to them, you need to be a better father. Nobody's ever been willing. So, son, of course, they're not responding the way you want them to respond, but they're going home and responding. Yeah. And so, yeah, I used to feel in the beginning of this work like, whoa, now, not so much and not because of who I am, but because what you said earlier, I'm letting God tell me who I am and why he want me there and what he wants me to say. So now I'm getting off stage or on stage knowing, yo, this is the confidence we have in God. This ain't yeah. Eric Thomas, this Godfidence. This ain't Eric Thomas and his ability. This is, this is where God's want me to be. And this is who God wants me to be talking to. And this is what he want me to be talking about. And, and, oh man, since I've relaxed and not been focusing on what they think and what God said, man, that's when I became one of the best. Bro, I wasn't number one when I was worried about what they think and what they, but when I let the imposter syndrome go and was just like, yo, this is where God want me to be and this is what he want me to do. Oh man, Inky Johnson appeared. You know, yeah. uh, Jeremy uh, Anderson, yeah. uh, Anthony Tyus, people who looked at me and was like, oh, you could you could talk like that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you could talk like that in, in, in this industry? You could be your authentic self? And that's the thing that's, Huge for me is not what I was able to do in the industry, but all of the giants now that are being birthed because I was confident and 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 I didn't let the imposter syndrome choke me out. Because some of y'all let it choke you out. It, you let it get you off stage. What Ed and I did was we didn't let it paralyze us. Now it might have punked us. You know what I'm saying? It might have been like, what? Y'all don't belong here. But through Christ, we, we, we power through. And that's what y'all need to do. Stop letting it stop you and paralyze you, man, and let it propel you.
So good. I'm so glad you answered it that way. I wasn't sure what the answer was because I have it for sure. I used to get up and think. I never talked about it. Yeah, me either. Not much. I think I get up and oftentimes, especially in when I was around what I thought were successful people, I'm like, they probably come from like really, really clean, good families. Yeah. You know, and I come from not, you know, and I, you know, I'm maybe that am I faking this? Like, how do I have wisdom? You know, but I, the truth is we're most equipped. This guy was on my show. He said, we're most equipped to help the person we used to be. Yeah. And the fact that I have all of these other issues in my life allows me to help people who have had that part. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. That part. You yeah. are, you are the standard bearer for me um, before I met you. And a lot more since I've known you now for many years of influence and persuasion. And I always get frustrated when these top speaker lists come out. I'll be honest with you. You just said the three names. I'm like, where is me, E.T., and Inky Johnson? How do you have a list? We're on them. But how am I How am I 12th? How is E.T. 8? You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Or how is he? Like, I know you're like me. I mean, it's an ego thing. But you're like, look, I know who the best speakers are. And that is not the right order. Whatever you come oh, no. know. And I, and I, and I also know. I also know the corporations that created that list for right. those people that they represent on that list. Exactly. <laughs> We've never me, made up a list of our own. <laughs> right. We've never. If you took the, if you took this, it's kind of like with stand-ups too. If you asked the speakers who the best speakers right. were, it would be a different right. list. Right. But for me, you've ne- you've mentioned, I don't want to exclude anybody, but you and Inky and yeah. and obviously I want to be in that group, but you are yeah. the standard bearer for me. And so because you are, I, I have to ask you this. Someone listening says, I want to be more persuasive. And you do courses on this. You teach this stuff, yeah. right? So I don't want to give away the whole course, but yeah. hey. Yeah. We I, give away know, a little bit. <laughs> like, let's do a little. I want to be, yeah. I, I might not have your oratory prowess. Right. If someone right. listens, they may say, I don't have yeah. that oratory yeah. Tonality yeah. that Eric Thomas yeah. has, or yeah. Ed yeah. Deep Voice, or whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah. How do I become more persuasive, whether it be on a stage or one on one? Where would you just give someone some counsel on that, just to move humans, move energy? Yeah. Now, I would say, first of all, there are people like me and Ed that have both of those characteristics who are not considered the best speakers in the world that you don't even know. <laughs> okay. So don't, don't, so don't ever think. It is a natural gift that made us who we are. You have to work whatever you have and master it and perfect it. So Ed knows his voice. I know my energy. So it's not that. It's that we've recognized and become aware of what our superpowers are. And then we worked, whether it was a coach, whether we invested in a program, whatever we invested in, school, whatever we invested in, uh, technology to improve on what was naturally given to us. So don't don't think because you six eight you just gonna be in the NBA hooping right. <laughs> like you're not about to be playing basketball in the NBA just because you was born seven feet tall right so so that's number one number two which I think is critical people like myself and you know people like uh, Inky we understand who people are and we go in to help people to become better at what they do. David said about Ed before y'all got on. It was just me and Dave. Mm. And I got on early. And Dave said, I was just talking Dave's to him my about. Producer guy. Dave's yeah. My oh, producer. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's producer. Dave, Dave and I was kicking. He was like, yeah, E. He was like, yeah, yeah. Ed's probably one of the best interviewers just because he listens. Like he knows how to listen. And 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 it's like, man, and I'm not gonna say no names. Cause I don't want to get in trouble with Gary V. Okay. So I'm not going to say no names. Uh, I'm not going to get Gary, my guy. I'm not going to get in trouble with Gary. Right. I'm not going to get in trouble, 
But I told Gary after our first interview, I was like, Gary, you talk more than I talk. <laughs> like you invited me on, you talk more than I talk. Of course, Ed, Gary is super knowledgeable. Right. The whole nine is a beast, you know, in his field, you know, but I just say that to say, you know, one of the gifts that you've had, cause I've been on a lot of shows is that you listen. Thank you. And not only do you listen, you actually set us up for another level of success when we finish. You feel me? And that's just because everybody's not gifted. I'm not gifted to listen. I'm like Gary. I like to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just my thing. But you you listen and you listen to say, what's next? Okay, what's next? And then afterwards, bro, when I got off the first show, bro, I, I've been on a lot of shows. I can't always say that my career was elevated Thank after you. being on the show. I can't say that. But every time we connect, whether it's this, bro, even when I left, Bro, I, I, I left doing your stuff in the Carolinas. Yeah. Bro, your, your, your guy is helping us uh, revamp our whole church with siding. You know what I'm saying? I got other opportunities that came from it, podcasts that came from it. Your guy is like, E, I got season tickets. I got a suite at the Lions game. I, I had Barry Sanders at the house. He was like, E, I, I, I do solar, bro. We in the D. Come, come, come hang out with us. We golf. I was like, okay, I don't golf, but I learned, you know? And so um, just being with you, I walked away from helping you and got helped. It, it, so I've been on other shows where people, hey, I can't believe you was on that. Oh, hey, whatever. But it didn't necessarily elevate. Now I'm sure it could be difficult to help elevate me because I've been, at, you know, I'm at a certain spot, but yeah. You so deep that you listen and then you, so that's a skill set. And listening is not something that you were just given and it just, you, but what I'm trying to tell y'all, if you want to be one of the best in the world, you don't have to be deep. You have to know what people want and people have to genuinely think you care about them and you are there for them. And when they know you care and you're for them and you're helping them, you're going to become the best. And I'm going to say this. I was in Ohio state um, that was with the Buckeyes. Gosh. I literally was on the field. Listen to me very closely, y'all. Nobody on TV probably said that E.T. is in the building. I want y'all to hear me. Nobody on TV, whoever there was, ABC, ESPN, I don't know who it was. Nobody was like, E.T. is in the... I say this with all due respect. I give all glory to God. I could not walk two steps without people knowing who I was, wanting to take pictures. Why? because I've blessed the people, not the network. <laughs> and when you bless the people and the people know you care about them, getting up at three o'clock in the morning and giving them the secrets to success, I could get up at seven or eight and do it for them. But I'm getting up at three, say, hey, this is important and you are important to me and I'm gonna give you this free information. You could go online and listen to me for 11 straight years and get one piece of content every day for free for the next 11 years. You don't have to, you don't have to come to none of my stuff. There's 11 years of free content that's on that page. And I'm telling you, it was a great feeling walking through that stadium and all these, they know I'm from Michigan state. These people right. know where I went to school. They know I'm from Detroit. They know, they know, they know that, uh, 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 they, they know, <laughs> they know when you think Michigan state, you think ET. So I, I, I was there and working with Ohio state, but and the Ohio people, ET, I've been watching you ET, my son, ET can pick. But one guy was like, 
Uh, I'm with her. I said, I know that's your wife. When she took a picture with me, I saw the way you, I saw how you look. I know who you are, sir. I know, I know, dog. I know you. But to get all that love, the valet driver, the airport, the hotel, I'm telling you, when people know you love them, when people know you care, they could care less about your technique, your strategy, the way you present yourself, the charisma. They don't care about that stuff. They don't. Now, could it help? Absolutely. But Mother Teresa was not as electrical as me and Ed are. She didn't have a deep voice like we did. She didn't even, she wasn't even in the pecking order of Catholicism. She wasn't even at the top. She wasn't at the top. But we all know her. Why? Because she made it clear people were her priority. And she would use every resource and every stitch of love and every stitch of care and everything she knew and all the resources to make sure that people's lives were better. And I'm telling y'all, you can come to our programs and we are going to teach you some strategy. We are and some technique, but don't come to my program. Don't come to his program. If your motives are not to be a blessing to people. And if you care about people, oh, we'll show you how to, how to monetize it. We can show you how to do that. But what we cannot do is we cannot show you how to care. So good. I, that, that is the answer. And that old adage of, I mean, it's old as, I don't know, like 300 years old, but right, people right. don't want to, people don't want to, you know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Once they know you care, if you can get that energy across to people, then the charisma, then the energy, then all that influence can open things up. That's the best answer ever on that. All right, can well, I say this, Ed? I, I yeah. want to say this real quick. Listen to me, guys. I, and I must say this. You don't need an advantage when you care about people that is your advantage. I got a lot of friends in the NBA. I do not speak bad about sports or entertainment or, you know, people who sing or rap or whatever. I do not speak bad about it. But you don't have to be an NBA player to influence people. You don't have to be an NFL player to influence people. You don't have to be a rapper or an actor to influence. You don't have to be a politician. You don't even have to be on TV every day. Oh, all right. Exactly. But, but when you care, that's your advantage. When you Man. care, that's the magnet that's going to draw people to you. So good. What was the hardest life lesson for you in your life? And how did you learn it? I've always wanted to ask you that as a friend. Yeah. Um, stop being selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed. You know, it's like, bro, you married. If you wanted to be by yourself and do your own thing, you should have just stayed single. If you wanted to be about you, you should have never had kids. I was talking about somebody, I was talking to somebody the other day and it's like, these kids, I was like, you're absolutely right. But we shouldn't have them if we're not going to raise them. We shouldn't have them if we're not going to raise them. We shouldn't have them if we're not going to take care of them. If they don't benefit from being in our presence, we shouldn't have them. So for me, when I look at, you know, some of my darker days, I was so self-absorbed. Me, me, when are you going to make me happy? Why aren't you doing what I want you to do? What are you thinking? What did you ask me? Did you consider me when you went and did that and bought that? Me, 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 me. Mm. But when I start saying you, and I, man, that's why I tell people, if we standing face to face, man, we got so many blind spots, Ed, but if Ed and I link our backs together, it's nothing we can't see. We don't have a blind spot when our backs are together, but when we are looking at each other fighting, bro. And so I've learned now, man, find somebody who can get your back and somebody you got their back. 
you have not seen happiness until you and another person have be, been one-on-one accord. You do not know what joy you have. You do not know what business is like until you find a business partner that is not about money and money and power and fame ain't going to separate y'all. You know, people used to say to CJ, like, yo, C, why did you tell Eric to go up front and y'all didn't do it together? Like, not everybody know Eric, not Eric big time, not Eric signing autographs. And a lot of people don't know who you are. C said, what? Do you understand when Eric signs an autograph that we sign an autograph? That was my, my, that was my dream. It was to put him forward. My vision strategically, I knew that we would do better with Michael Jackson than we would ever do with the Jackson five. So I was responsible for creating. You think, I don't know. You didn't think I would know that he would be on the, he said, but I love Eric enough. Cause I knew when Eric blew up that Eric wasn't going to take all the credit that Eric was going to constantly tell people that I was the reason why he is where he is. So you don't know happiness. You don't know joy. You don't know, you don't know nothing until you know love until you have people that love you unconditionally. And it's all about us. It's about we and not me, man. You ain't seen joy, love and happiness until you, until you got that. And I'm telling y'all before my book came out, I didn't do podcasts. Very few. I did not do podcast. And I'm only doing some of these individuals quiet as kept because we, you know what I'm saying? They told me, Roy was like, E, you got to get on C's podcast. I'm like, all right, Roy, is that what you say? I'll do it, man. You know, but there are a few people like Ed that I'll be on whenever he invites me because it's deeper than being seen and heard. It's a, it's a different frequency when we together, it's a different frequency. It's a different sound that's going out. It's not that usual money houses and stuff. And we want you to have that. Somebody asked me the other day, Eric, what, what do you think? God or money? I said, get as, get as much of both of them as you can get, <laughs> get as much God, get as much God as you can get, get as much money as you can get. You, you, you don't, you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to, it's not uh, either or it's both. And well, that's what makes you special. And, and I want to say this. We're going to, I got one more question for you, but listen to me, everybody. You know what I love, ET? I think that like your message right now, more than ever, the world needs. Like it's, it's, it's a bit counterculture, yet it shouldn't be. Everything right now is about getting stuff. Everything right now is about the external. Everything is not about values. And, and, and a lot of people feel victimized right now in the world. We're almost competing in that sense. And, it's just so beautiful that you talk about these things because I have to tell you that a lot of people on the show, they just don't talk about these things. They certainly can't speak about them the way that you do. And I wanted everyone just to feel your spirit because that's what you get with ET. You, you feel his spirit. He's become guys an icon. And I believe he's going to get a Nobel prize someday. And he has reached this level and it's good. And by the way, when I have him back on in a year or two, it's going to be another level. And in five more years, another level doing exactly what he has said today. Very few people practice what they preach. No pun intended. Write about what they actually do. And this man, what he's telling you, go watch his content. There's no jet. Eric could fly in a jet. There's no Ferrari on there. He has gotten successful, become an icon by doing the very things he's covered today. That's remarkable. He's completely congruent with what he says he does. And that's why I love you. All right. Last thing, by the way, get you, OU. go get the book, right? Ignite your power, your purpose, and your why go get it right. I'm, I'm not this vehement usually about it, but 
Hey, and Ed, and Ed's, Ed did the fall, fall piece for me in the back, y'all. Oh, yeah, I'm on the back of the book. I'm right on there. And by the way, Chris Paul, the NBA player, wrote the foreword. Yeah. This guy is, yeah. this guy leads everybody. He's got so much yeah. humility. He got there doing these things. All right, last question. By the way, first, before the last question, thank you. Because I you. knew, I knew, but then it went higher. So I knew, and it went higher. <laughs> So I wish we were, I wish we were in the, in the bar looking at the ocean yeah. because we yeah. spent some time afterwards. Next time, we'll next time. Oh, really? We, we yeah. will do that next time. Yeah. Um, all right. I run into you at a Starbucks. I said, I heard you on Ed Milet's show, man, I'm fired up. I've got these things. I've made my list. I'm, I'm working on my internal game. I'm self-aware. I'm working on my character stuff. I'm creating miracles in my life. And I just need to know where I start. Just where do I start? I've got a dream. I'm getting more clear on what it is. Where do I start? What advice would you give me? It could be anything, but what yeah. advice would you give me? I get two minutes with Eric Thomas somewhere in a corner of a Starbucks. What would you say to that person who says, Hey, where do I go? What's the next thing I should do? Yeah. Start where you quit. Start where you quit. So wherever you, wherever you quit, before you got going, go back there and let's start right there. <laughs> like whatever, whatever. Yeah, uh, you didn't finish your degree. Go do it. Like you, 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 you stop talking to your child, go back and talk to your child. Like whatever, whatever you stop doing that you should have been doing that you hadn't been doing for the last five to 10 years that has you in this place, go back, go back to start, <laughs> collect $200. And I'm saying, go back to start, get, get your, get your two 500s, your two 100s, get your six twenties, your, your two fifties, you know, your five tens, you know what I'm saying? Go back to start and start from scratch wherever, you know, you, you lost wherever you quit, wherever you gave up, where, where, whatever you didn't finish, where, wherever you lost your heart, you lost your drive, your soul, where, wherever that was, let's go back there and let's get that right. And then let's move from that, that point forward. So for me, it was the GED. It was going back and saying, you sorry to your mom for cussing her out when you ran away from home and you don't even cuss going to meet my biological father and having a conversation with my biological father. Go back to the hurt that has stopped you from moving forward. Go back to the disappointment that stopped. Whatever that thing was that stopped you from being progressive, don't run from it and try to add something new. Don't do that. Go back and fix the thing that put you in this slump, that put you in this loser's uh, uh, place. And, and that's when you fix that, then... Winning success is never on discount. Greatness is never on sale. You got to go back. You got to go back to the beginning and you got to fix whatever you didn't finish. And then once you start from there, it's going to be easy. Golly. I wish we didn't end this thing today, man. This was so good. <laughs> so good. So good. Everybody. Uh, I, you got to feel Eric Thomas today. You got to feel him. You learned a lot, but you get to feel his spirit, feel his soul. I love you, brother. And I'm you so too, grateful. Yeah. Thank you. you yeah. I'm so grateful you exist. You inspire me in so many ways, man, on so many levels, but ultimately the best way, which is that I just want to be a better man because of you. Yeah, thank you. And, and you're an example to me for that. And I know you have been for so many, just be a better person. And so, hey, everybody, go follow Eric on anywhere on social. We'll put the, the links up on there. What's your Instagram? What's the, is it ET? Uh, the yeah, ET the Hip Hop Preacher. Yeah, that's it. And then I think you got ericthomas.com that is everything, ericthomas.com. So go, yeah, go. And go yeah. get UOU. Go do that. Please. I love you, brother. Please. Thank you.
Go get Please. it. And everyone else, Thank you. Everybody else, listen to me. God bless you. Yeah. And share this episode with anybody that you know needs to be inspired or that you love and you care about. We're the fastest growing show on the planet because you all share it. <laughs> yeah. You support us so deeply here and we love you and we're grateful for you. God bless you all. One more. Max out. This is the Ed Milet Show. Show.